Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 158 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's episode, I'm talking about when and why you should ice an injury, how cryotherapy, aka ice, works, and why you don't need to ice old injuries, but what you can do instead. And the best part is I'm joined by my friend and physical therapist, Dr. Sarah Court. So today we're really addressing and debunking the myth of rice, which is rest, ice, compression, and elevation. And if you've ever had an injury, you've sprained your ankle, hurt a shoulder, you've probably been told or even put some ice on an injury yourself. But there's been new research, new science that has come out in the last 10 years that kind of questions using ice. And so you may have heard this, maybe you haven't, you're like, oh no, I'm icing, I shouldn't be icing, I don't know, what's going on? So I'm so glad that Sarah is joining us today to talk about the best ways to help your soft tissues recover after an injury. We're talking about ice and what it actually does and just the best ways to use ice and when you can skip ice. And what I love most too about Sarah is not only is she brilliant and super smart, but also she's super kind. And so if you're like, no, I love my eyes and I will not be putting my eyes down, that's totally fine. You don't have to. So enjoy today's conversation with Dr. Sarah Court. Well, Sarah, so glad to have you back here so we can nerd out and learn a ton. And since I've already asked you a million times what you like to get nerdy about, what's something that you recently learned that you're nerding out about? Uh, well, I've recently been learning more about, this is going to sound very left field, motorcycles. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm learning a lot. I, I, my prior knowledge was exactly zero. So uh-huh. I'm learning a lot about uh, like how an engine works, and, but, but more specifically to, to bodies and movement, what are the kind of things that your body needs to be able to do? Like, where do you need to be strong? How do you need yeah. to be able to, you know, balance and all that kind of stuff when you're on the motorbike going, you know, 120 miles an hour going around a corner. So Ooh, are we talking like MotoGP kind of stuff? I mean, yes, what? <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. I did watch, I don't even know how I, I was like trying to find F1 and it was MotoGP instead. And I was like, okay, cool. We're watching this now. And just, yeah. Like when you're talking about the body control to go yeah. around a corner or whatever, like they were literally sideways yeah. and then somebody wiped out and I was just like, oh my goodness, this the is angles. The bananas. angles are insane. And you know, you and I both share an affinity for F1. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's the Formula One racing. You have to watch the series Netflix Drive to Survive, Drive to Drive. and then you will also be fascinated by it. But one of the things that now with the bikes, I'm like, oh, it's F1, except it's just them and the ground. Like mm-hmm. there's no, you don't have a protective car around you now. Now it's just mm-hmm. you. And if you lean too far, as you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, you wipe out. But they get to these, they'll go to like 60 degrees oh of a lean where like, their, their elbow practices on the ground and then they somehow just come back up again. And I, it's, it looks like magic and I'm totally obsessed. 
Oh my, okay, I'm in. (laughs) Sounds like witchcraft, which also leads into our conversation today, which is about ice. (laughs) Because I imagine there is a lot of icing that happens um, in and amongst athletes of that uh, caliber. Um, I know from my experience, when I was working as a student athletic trainer in college, like part of our job was literally wrapping ice bags around athletes as they came off of the court or the field or out of the pool or whatever. Yeah. So let's talk about ice. Okay. <laughs> ice, ice, baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, so listeners may not know that we are uh, karaoke partners. <laughs> Officially, I, I think is not too. <laughs> I know. Accurate term, I think. <laughs> Actually, I have very fond memories of doing this. So I feel like we need to do it again. Yes, I know. It's uh, Proud Mary uh-huh. with me singing Tina Turner's part and Sarah sings like Turner's yeah. part. The part what, what Alex is not describing is that we're also supposed to do the full dance routine at the same time. And then somewhere Pull like two minutes in, I'm like panting and like, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> Tina did not stop and therefore we will not stop. And I bet you Tina also maybe ices, but we were joking about uh, doing ice ice baby. And then I was like, but I don't want to get sued. So just, you know, no. have that in your mind as we continue to talk. So since you are a physical therapist, yes. like, are you using ice in a clinical setting? Like when should I be icing? When mm-hmm. should I not be icing when it comes to injuries and pain? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the challenge at the moment is there was a protocol that everybody had. And then a few years ago, maybe seven or eight years, which was ice, right? And then a few yeah. years ago, the person who came up with the whole rice strategy, which is rest, ice, compress, elevate when you have an injury, he suddenly comes out and goes, oh, no, 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 actually you shouldn't be icing. And everyone was like, what? And then they got very confused. And then some people stood their ground and other people were like, well, if he says it, then it must be true. And at this point, I think it is still generally considered good protocol to, if you have an acute injury, meaning Mm -hmm. you fell and twisted your ankle or something like that. uh, And it is within somewhere in the sort of like first 48 hours, 24 Mm -hmm. to 48 hours, ice can be effective for things like reducing inflammation. Now the argument became uh, whether or not reducing acute inflammation like that is even a goal. Like is like the, right. the inflammation shows up for a reason. So should we be trying to get rid of it? And, you know, I'd, I, I think that, I think what happens is, you know, people get very excited to sort of take one strong stance or another when I think the, the actual real truth is the sort of, it depends somewhere in the middle kind of space. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that we're trying to redu- get rid of all of the inflammation that's happening, you know, so that you can just walk on your ankle again, even though it's injured. Um, but I think that it can be useful to help certainly with pain relief in the very, mm-hmm. in the, in the initial stages, you know, reducing inflammation is not the same thing as completely getting rid of it. So it's not necessarily a bad idea to try to reduce it a little bit, but in terms of after that period, like if you sprained your you know, sometimes people come in and they're like, oh, I sprained my ankle last week. Should I be icing it? I'm like, not really. I mean, and I usually tell people if, if you like it, if it feels good, sure. But it's not generally what you need to be doing at, at that point. There's not a like, sort of consensus that like, yes, you should continue to be icing. With that said, one of the things that I talk about a lot and, and a lot of people don't look at maybe necessarily is not necessarily the, the inflammation question, but the pain question. Because I know mm-hmm. that I've certainly had situations post-surgery or, or injuries where nothing helps with my pain better than ice and making the area yeah. numb. 
you know, so yeah. that you don't feel the pain. And if it's a question of, I need to ice it so I can sleep, so I can rest, so my body can repair itself, then, you know, go for it, you know? Yeah. Especially if you're like, oh, well, I, you know, I took, I took some Advil or I took a Tylenol or whatever, and it, and it just didn't do enough. Or if you just like, for some reason, if you don't like to take medication or you can't, that may be your best option is, is mm-hmm. ice for the pain. Yeah. I was thinking too of like post-surgical and also what you said of like, we're not trying to eliminate inflammation necessarily, but just reduce or control it a little bit. You know, whether it's like knee surgery or I have a secret side obsession of like plastic surgery and like watching Lori Hill on YouTube. And she was showing like, it was her experience with the facelift and they sent her home as well with this like face mask thing to run cold water through. So I feel like that idea of icing for inflammation has been people just like run with it because, you know, your doctor's like, oh, go ahead and ice and like, bye. And then you don't see him again for like six weeks. You're like, well, so like, what am I supposed to do in the meantime? Right. So I think, yeah, that's helpful. Like it's not eliminating inflammation entirely. We're just trying to control it to some degree. Yeah. And, you know, issues can show up with excessive inflammation and, you know, that then getting in the way of that proper healing period. So this can then be helpful for that. Also, I remember, and it's on the freaking ice packs too, and I was ignoring it. You know, like the artificial ice packs that get like colder than ice, you know, and they're like, do not put on bare skin. I'm like, oh, but like, I'm really hot and totally get myself frostbite as like a 12 year old, like fun times. Don't do that, y'all. But actually, this does bring up another question of like, I'm thinking like back pain, for example, mm-hmm. right? And someone's like, you know, maybe they even have like a structural issue of some disc type of thing. How deep? Is that cold actually penetrating when you are icing something, whether it's a joint like an ankle or a knee or your back or a shoulder or something like that? Yeah, that's a good question. And I definitely learned it in PT school and I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) But there probably are studies about how deep it's, it's penetrating. It's probably not penetrating as deep as you think because really what you're experiencing is the numbing effect on the nerves. And so the nerves are in that more superficial level So as soon as those have been sort of numbed, then you're not feeling whatever else it might be doing. It also depends on things like, you know, if you're on an ankle and it's something like a, you know, outside of your ankle, the ligaments are pretty close to the surface. So you're getting right to that tissue versus like, you know, if I'm putting an ice pack on my back, to my knowledge, it's not penetrating to the level of the discs in your spine. Right. Um, I don't think your body would permit that. But I might be wrong and and somebody can feel free to totally tell me I'm wrong because the internet loves to do that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yes, it does. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is it it is and it depends because I, I look at people case by case. I was just working with someone today and they mentioned that for their chronic pain, that ice is always really helpful. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to be like, well, but it's not doing after the first 48 hours. Like this person, their pain has been going on for a long time, years. So mm-hmm. if this is a, a coping strategy for their pain that they have found that is helpful, and even if the help of it at this point is is more psychological than anything else, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, this they've, they've made a connection in their mind. I put ice on this and it feels better. Whether or not the ice itself is doing anything if that's a a strategy that this person has to help deal with their pain, then I'm going to let them go ahead and do it. Um, my goal is always something like to have the person come back in and and say something like, I didn't need to ice my back because it didn't hurt because of whatever Mm -hmm. we're doing with them in PT. Right. But I'm not going to take away 
the thing that they had an attachment to that I don't think is doing any harm. You know, if yeah. they were like, oh, I'm taking like a ton of painkillers or I'm, I'm on this, you know, thing, then I'd be like, okay, well maybe let's see if we can like start to reduce this or whatever. But in the face of something like this, where it's just maybe, a, a almost like a safety blanket or something, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to let them keep doing it. And then that way, when they graduate out of it, when they are like, oh, I don't have the pain anymore. I don't need to do it. it they're making the choice, right? It's, it's much more empowering for the person to be able to know that they don't need to use it versus I yeah. took it away. And then they're yeah. like, oh shoot, well, uh, I feel like I just need it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm just thinking too of the uh, placebo effect. Mm-hmm. Like they've done research that the placebo effect is actually a thing. So yeah, whether, you know, if the ice feels good, then by all means, go ahead and do it. But sort of what I'm hearing from you too, is that like, it's not really doing anything ish, right? Maybe like numbing the nerves, you know, maybe in that first kind of window helping with that inflammation. But if we're looking at like five years or even one year, two years post injury, like what are some things that you can do instead that are going to be more beneficial for getting you out of that pain loop? Well, once we get into chronic pain, which is anytime, generally they say anything after six months is sort of considered chronic pain. Once we get into a chronic pain cycle, we're no longer dealing with necessarily any sort of physical issue, or it's no longer simply a physical injury issue. We're, we're getting into the territory of, well, now your brain has gotten stuck in a bit of a loop and it mm-hmm. is, it's just playing the same song over and over again, which is your back hurts, your back hurts, your back hurts, your back hurts. And Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of cascades. It's very nerdy and fascinating, but there's all kinds of like hormonal and chemical cascades and ways that your nervous system starts to behave, changes that happen to the physical tissue, nerves that change type, um, tissue that changes type, muscle atrophy that starts to happen, happen, um, fuzziness in your brain around that body part. So you can't tell muscles to turn on as well because they can't, your brain can't see it properly. Like there's, there's so many things that that just start to happen that make it harder and harder and harder. Um, it's really horrendous. It's like, it's this kind of like, I mean, in my head is circle of life, but it's not a circle. It's a circle of pain, right. That just builds on itself and kind of has a snowballing effect. So at that point, we have to pull back and look at what's called the biopsychosocial model, which is the full picture of the person, meaning the biology of their body, right? What is happening physically to them? Their personal psychology, how do they feel about what's happening to them? This is a very, you know, shortened version. And mm-hmm. uh, social, like what is, what is their support structure? What does their life look like? What are their stressors? Yeah, um, that's a and, big one. And take all of those things into consideration, you know, as to how all of those things are impacting their pain. And then as far as what to do, what I see time and time again, and I, I feel like a broken record, but it's just true. So, um, is that you don't get better with passive treatment alone. So passive Mm -hmm. treatment is anything that's being done to you, like ice, heat, massage, acupuncture, chiropractic adjustments, um, you know, any of those things, or even massage you're doing to yourself, like rolling on a ball, any of that, that's, that's Mm -hmm. passive. People tend to get better when we start to add active component, which means exercise or really specific rehab things to do, or, you know, sometimes it's just a question of moving more, 
you know, mm-hmm. and that also is, ends up being an issue for people because they get into this pain cycle and then they don't want to move because it hurts, but then they stop moving and then it hurts even more to move. So it just kind mm-hmm. of builds on itself, but retraining your body and re-strengthening your body in the face of pain is the only thing that I've seen really, really effectively impact people's long-term pain and get them out of pain. 100%. Today's episode is brought to you by AE Wellness Mobility Assessments. Not sure what you should be doing for mobility? Well, instead of trying a bazillion things and spending hours a day, get strategic coaching with a mobility assessment with me. You'll get your personalized mobility workout plan with the best mobilizations and activations just for you. Plus, all of your videos will be organized in custom playlists to keep things simple. So here's how it works. You send me a video doing four specific moves. I'll tell you ahead of time what they are, and I'll use that to create your mobility workout plan. We'll meet together for two video calls. The first one to set up the plan, make sure I'm covering everything you need. And the second will be a few weeks later for any questions or issues that come up. Now, here's the best part. You can save $50 off your mobility assessment when you use the code BODYNERD at checkout. So learn more and get started with a mobility assessment by heading on over to aewellness.com slash mobility. And don't forget, use the code BODYNERD at checkout. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, and I think that framing too of like these passive treatments and things that are done to you also puts you in this like dependence mm-hmm. on this other person to provide relief for you. And even what you're saying like about, well, I don't want to take the ice away. Like if that's working, whatever to be the person in charge, like I did these movements, even if somebody told me to do them, but I did the work and now I feel better. Like that is so, so, so important to getting even like your brain wrapped around what it means to move without pain. And I think that sometimes we really get, oh, you know, I got to do the chiropractor. I got to do my massage therapy or even like with my clients too, like, oh, well, you know, I've been rolling and rolling and rolling. I'm like, I know, but what about the strengthening? You have to do that too. So that's a really, really, really important point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll have people come into the clinic who have said, you know, oh, I, I have to, I have to go to the chiropractor every week. Otherwise my back hurts or something, or like I have to get a massage every week or da, da, da. And you know, again, I'm, I, I, I never just immediately take things away from people. I, my goal is not to make somebody feel like dumb. Like they walked in and I'm like, well, you've been doing the wrong thing this entire time. <laughs> but so I always try to slide in with sort of more supplemental language and, mm-hmm. you know, talk about active versus passive and things like that. And, but it is interesting. I do see people who, even though they're not actually getting uh, better from, from passive treatment, still going back to it. They're like, Oh, I guess maybe I should get another adjustment. I'm like, well, how did the prior seven adjustments do, you know, what have, what positive thing has happened because of them? And, and people are like, Oh, I guess it's not really actually helping. I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to ditch on, on chiropractic adjustments. I have a, a great person who like, I have a rib that sometimes pops out and he just figures out how to like put it right back in. And I'm like, thank you. Cause I, I can't do that to myself. So yeah. it's, it's appropriate, but it's anything, anything where you've become dependent on something happening to you or somebody else doing something for you to your point, you just take away your own personal power around your body. And I feel like we, we do that in so many worlds. I mean, you know, what I talked about, like learning about motorcycles, like I literally have no idea how an engine works, but I drive my car every day. And if something breaks, you know, I just, I take it into the, the mechanic and I'm just like, like shrug emoji, like, ah, 
it's the discombobulator. Okay. It's $800. Sure. sure. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so, but we, we, we do that. We outsource our body health as well. And, and I think, um, I think it's surprising to people and we're, we, we get, I'm just sort of going off on a tangent here, but we get so much messaging yeah. about like, well, yeah. does this, is, are you having this problem? You need to take this drug or here's this new you know, infomercial for this real special like brace to put on and, you know, da, da, da. And so I think people outside of this, you know, world, the world of movement, their understanding is just that like, well, it's, it's not, I can't solve it by myself because that's every message I get is that I need something else to do it for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so much of the time, just empowering people to take care of themselves is like 50% of them getting better. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of it is me having like a, you know, couple of decent ideas around some movements you know, and then they're like, I feel so much better. You thank you. And I'm like, I did literally nothing. I just told you you could do it. And you, and you, you, for whatever reason, you believed me. So I was like, move your leg like this a couple times a day. So it's magic. No, it's just, it's just your body. Yeah. I mean, a thousand percent to all of those points. And I hope to whoever, you know, those listening to today's episode who came here because they're like, Oh, I am icing all the time. And like, what should I be doing? And like, is there a better way to do it that I hope that this gives them even just like a glimmer of hope that there is something on the other side, it is possible. And you, the individual, like the ball's totally in your court, you know, and using your healthcare providers as collaborators rather than it's like a group project, you know, don't be that person who lets the one person do all the work. Ugh, even if they're bossy, God, I hated group projects so much. My, um, um, sorry, I just have to, no, my, yeah, nephew, my nephew who's 10 was talking about projects that they were doing at, at school. And this one girl, he was like, she didn't, she didn't do a, a really good project. And I was like, why? And he was like, well, she's not very workative. <laughs> like, oh, that's amazing. I'm going to start yeah. saying that. Yeah, they're not, this person's not very workative. They don't really want to do the work. <laughs> also, I can't believe your nephews are 10. Oh I know, my God. it's wild. It's wild. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm not feeling very great. workative today. <laughs> I know. Me neither. Me neither. Okay, so thinking too of, you know, we've talked about icing for acute injuries and also in like issues of chronic pain and like what to do instead. But I feel like there's this other you know, arena of icing, Mm -hmm. which is like after a workout. So when I trained and I use this term very loosely and I'm using air quotes as well for a half marathon, I was like, you know, I definitely should come home and sit in ice water and would fill up my bathtub with ice. It felt okay. (laughs) I mean, it felt awful. Terrible. Um, I know it's just real fun times, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I didn't have enough ice, so I could only really do like the bottom, I'd say 80% of my legs, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. I digress. Um, also, you know, we were setting up ice buckets for athletes again, as a student athletic trainer for them to like plunge in after practice and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So like, where does icing, you know, again, thinking of like inflammation, what about within the realm of performance? Like, how does it work there? Well, the reasoning behind it is that we're still looking at this idea of using ice to control inflammation. And this idea that after you do a really strenuous workout, there is some inflammation to the tissue might have some like, uh, you know, micro tears or things like that, which is normal, totally normal. Uh, and so the, the, previously sort of, you know, generally held thinking was like any sort of inflammation, you just had to just ice it and get it out of there. 
Um, and so the idea was it would, it's a part of your recovery process, right? And, and one of the things that you needed to do. Um, I don't work in an athletics setting so much, so I don't know if that's still, you know, what's happening in training rooms around the country. It's a strong chance it is. Things tend to move pretty slowly in terms of people changing strategies. And especially if it seems, if there's no evidence, immediate evidence being like, oh, well, this is making it worse, then they're probably just going to keep doing it. But my understanding is that it's not really, you know, this goes back to this whole idea of like inflammation may have a purpose in that setting, you know, well, this is what gets tough. So if you're talking about professional athletes, the whole goal is basically push this person's human body to its limits, get as much out of it as we can, because there's millions of dollars and advertising and blah, 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 blah. Right. So the model that they're setting, the, the, the choices that they're making are not about how do we help this person be as healthy as possible or remain, remain injury free as long as possible. It's much more like yeah. if we do this, then we can push them again, just as hard, if not harder tomorrow. Right. You know? Whereas for someone like in your instance, if you're training for, if you're just a regular you're just a regular person, Alex. No, if you're just, a <laughs> but you're, you know, you're not, you know, you're not a yeah. professional athlete and you're training for, you know, a race or you're, you know, just weightlifting and you're working out mm-hmm. or you're trying to, you know, um, it's not necessary. And, you know, ultimately the, the purpose of any sort of, you know, achiness or, you know, delayed onset muscle soreness or any of that kind of stuff is, to, is to let you know, Oh, wow. I really feel it in my, you know, lats today or something. I guess that like, I just did this workout that I was so much fun the other day. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday I was like, Oh, my right. I could tell when I, it was like this sort of rotational clean. Anyway, I could tell when I was doing it on one side, it felt like super easy and made sense. And the other side of my body was kind of like, wait, you want me to, eh? and it wasn't nothing wrong was happening, but it was just like, it felt a bit awkward. And then the next day I kind of really feel my lat on that side. I was like, okay, there's something about the way that I do it on that side that I need to like slow down and take a look at. So there's information that you get mm-hmm. from, you know, allowing yourself to have some muscles. Sore. And today it feels fine. I don't feel it at all. So I didn't hurt myself. It wasn't causing yeah. damage, but it really highlighted like, oh yeah, as, as it seemed to be, yes, the one side made total sense to your body and the other side, your body was just like, I don't know how to do this. And so that speaks more to my personal compensatory patterns side to side. So that's useful information for the average mm-hmm. person because it gives you then where to sort of train or what you need to pay attention to. Um, yeah. like if you were ra- uh, training for a race and you go for your you know long run and then the next day, like just your right calf muscle is really, really sore. Then you're like, okay, there's something I'm doing. That's not mm-hmm. the same both sides. Right. Yeah. So that's why I don't think for, for most people, it's really in, in a day-to-day, you know, post-workout kind of a, a setting, it's not, it's not a, a useful tool. And if anything, it might mask information that either is preemptive uh, or like a precursor to, to an injury or just something that tells you about your, your sort of mechanical movement differences and, and where you could, you'd start to clean that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, what I'm hearing is like, 
it's like, what's your intent? Like, why, right? Why are you actually applying this thing? And if it's to avoid any sort of sensation, well, that sensation gives you information about what your next best step is, which isn't to say that like cold exposure, because I know there are people who love cold showers. There's, you know, psychological benefits of cold showers as well. Like that's not the same thing. The intention is different with that. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, studies. It's very, it's fascinating right now around using cold exposure for anxiety and for depression. Um, but that's very specific, like using a plunge or getting in like the coldest possible shower, which again, both of those things sound terrible uh, to me, (laughs) but, uh, there's something about the practice of being able to be in that situation and just kind of be okay with it. Right. So it's, it's like exposure, it's stress exposure essentially to your yeah. nervous system, which is a totally yeah. different goal than I'm trying to, you know, get the inflammation out of my quads or I don't know, something like that. Yeah. 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 See, it's, in, intention matters all the time. <laughs> Okay. I feel too, like we've, we've really touched upon like so many things. Do you have any last thoughts about ice and application of ice and should I be icing or anything like that? Um, you know, my overall feeling is it's an individual thing. And so when I'm in the clinic and somebody says to me, Oh, should I use ice or should I use heat? I honestly, I mean, I tell them the whole thing about like, you know, for acute injuries, you know, less than 48, 24, 48 hours, you know, as far as inflammation, but which one feels better to you? Because again, we want to address the whole person and we want to take into consideration the whole person. Some people really like the way ice feels and it feels good to them. And then it's having beneficial effects to their nervous system. It's helping them feel calmer. It's helping them feel less stressed out or agitated about their pain. Um, Mm -hmm. And other people hate it. And it's actually uh, upregulating to them and they don't like the sensation and it's more agitating and they prefer to put like a hot heating pad on their back or something like that. So I really tell people when you think about it, which one sounds better to you and that people usually know. And again, the long-term goal being not having to need it at all. But in the beginning, yeah. I'm, I'm not necessarily going to force you to like not do it because I like, no, ice is bad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's my yeah, no, I think that's a great point too, of like what feels good. And if it feels good, keep on doing that. But let's also proactively work you towards not needing that intervention yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, I talk a lot to you about icing. I'm like, yeah, it's not really doing anything. Like, rah, rah, rah. And there's times where I throw ice on stuff because I'm like, you know what? This just, it would feel nice. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with stuff that feels nice. But also holding on to the understanding that like your pain, your injury is not going to magically be healed because you have put ice on it for any period of time ever. Right. That there is still other work to be done to help with that tissue healing and getting out of that pain cycle. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I wish it were magic. That would be so much easier, <laughs> but then you and I would be out of a job if I you know. just wave the wand and then we could just, good. we just go to Mexico. Oh, we would. <laughs> they have ice. They have really good ice. Here's what I learned is that the uh, filtered water ice has a hole in the middle in Mexico, in Puerto Vallarta. So oh. there you go. That's how you can tell. <laughs> Interesting. Speaking of ice, those Speaking are my of things I've learned recently. <laughs> so many things, so many things. So I know that you also have a workshop coming up. Yes. And because we are in the time of hybrid internet stuff, a wonderful opportunity to be able to take the workshop with you, whether you are 
online or in person. Can you tell us more about it? That's right. Uh, it's on April 16th. It's at Yoga House, which is in Pasadena here in California, but it's also, there's a live stream as well. So you can take it anywhere in the world. And then they do a 15 day replay for everybody. And so it's a workshop that I teach that all, all of them, they all have silly names, but I like this one. It's called Spinal Countdown. So it's really Ooh. about finding strength and mobility through all parts of your spine and neck, thoracic, low back, and just fun. Just like coming in and, and finding new movements and, and novel ways to, to be in your, be- your body and, and keep yourself flexible and strong at the same time. So it's Saturday, April 16th, 2 p.m. Pacific time whatever that is in other time zones. I'm terrible at time zones, but yogahouse.com is where you'll go to sign up. Yes. And honestly, if, um, I mean, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you have heard Sarah multiple times. She's just a fantastic teacher and Mm -hmm. brilliant and take this class because I I think I've taken this one before too. They're always good. I always learn something. So I will link to that in the uh, show description uh, as well. You can get that at aewellness.com slash podcast. And then where can people send you more questions about icing (laughs) or (laughs) anything in general? Uh, Where are you hanging out on the internet? Uh, They can find me on my website, which is sarahcourtdpt.com. Or the only social media that I consistently pay any attention to is Instagram. You tried to get me to do TikTok and I just, it's, I'm too old. I'm too no, old for I'm TikTok. not giving up on you. Oh That's not true. Anyway, That's not true. <laughs> at Sarah Court DPT on, on Instagram, you can always send me a message there as well. <laughs> I will not give up. In two years from now, you're oh, going to be God. like, oh my God, I love TikTok. And you're like, I know, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your faith well, in me. I, I don't have similar faith. <laughs> maybe you'll start a, a fangirl motorcycle account on TikTok oh. and share all the movement and injury information. Like I 100% would sign up for that. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I just need more help understanding how it works. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us on ice and when to use it. And it's okay. That's a, a comfort blanket and security blanket. And then I will teach you how to go on TikTok. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, I'm not going to lie. There are times that I ice. And I shared that in the episode too. It's not that ice is bad. It's just the intention. What are you actually trying to accomplish with ice? And what is it actually doing for yourself? And I hope that if you liked what you heard and you want to learn more from Sarah, come to her workshop, Spinal Countdown. The information to Yoga House is in the episode description at aewellness.com slash podcast as well. And just start asking better questions, right? That's what we're always trying to do as body nerds is ask the deeper why. Why am I doing this? What's the point? And is it actually helping? And so I'm so glad that we were able to talk about this today. And, you know, maybe you'll think twice next time before you ice. Or maybe you're like, no, I'm all about cold showers and cold plunges and I'm going to just go for it. So whatever floats your boat, I say, keep on floating. Okay. But definitely let us know what your biggest takeaway was from today's episode. Are you like, yay for ice? Are you like, no more ice? Thank goodness. You can find both of us on Instagram. Sarah's at Sarah Court DPT. I am at Holla from Allah. Send us any questions you have. Send us a DM. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. Or you can call the Body Nerd Hotline and leave a voicemail. That number is 818-396-6501. And don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the Body Nerds group, and all things podcast related, everything we mentioned today lives over at aewellness.com slash podcast. 
And I'm going to ask again. I'm, I'm always asking. I'm not going to stop asking. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a review. Maybe in your review, you write about the most interesting thing you learned in today's episode. And share this episode with somebody who needs to maybe stop icing quite so much. Okay? Thank you. Please and thank you. You're the best. So here's to asking better questions, moving more, icing only with intention and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.